Christ is risen from the dead. Alleluia. Let us pray. Most gracious God, as we have been baptized into the death of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, grant in your mercy that we, being dead to sin, may be buried with him, and that through the grave and gate of death we may pass with him into newness of life, for his sake, who died and was buried and rose again for us, the same Jesus Christ our Lord.
let us pray. Almighty God, who through your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, overcame death and opened to us the gate of everlasting life, grant that we who celebrate with joy the day of the Lord's resurrection may be raised from the death of sin by your life-giving Spirit, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Then Peter began to speak to them. I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That message spread throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John announced, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses to all that he did, both in Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. The word of the Lord.
from the letter of Paul to the Colossians. If you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. The word of the Lord. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Early on that first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. 
she turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabuni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. We just heard the Gospel, the account of how on that first Easter morning, Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb and she finds Jesus. She sees him there. The risen Christ is there before her. But notice how she sees him. She only sees him through her tears. So often I think Jesus appears to us exactly where we are, using all that we are. For Mary, it was through her tears that she could see him. The disciples, who don't know quite what to do and run home or, go, or back to work, find Jesus there. The disciples who go fishing find Jesus on the beach and he cooks breakfast for them. The disciples who go fishing find him there. The other disciples who are trying to hide go to a locked upper room and there Jesus appears. And of course, probably St. Thomas is the most famous to to meet Jesus on his own terms. St. Thomas is filled with doubt. He's not sure about any of this. And so Jesus appears to him in his doubt, perhaps because of his doubt. The risen Christ meets us, but we might see him in very different places under very different circumstances. Where do you look for him? Do you look for Christ in church, in music, in scriptures? Do you look for Christ, the, the central expression of God's love in a, in a child, in a baby, in an animal? Do you look for the risen Christ in friends or family, in tradition, in prayer, in nature, in political action or process, in resistance, in fighting, in medicine? or art? Where do you seek the risen Christ? 
few years ago, I was in a, a clergy group that would meet every Tuesday, and we would study the scriptures for the upcoming Sunday, and we would have lunch and share stories. And there was one minister in particular who always had a good story, but I remember one in particular. Earlier in his ministry, he had pastored a church in a small town in Ohio, somewhere outside of Cleveland. And he told us about what winter was like in that town. Some of you may be part, from that part of the world, and so you know it better than I. But he said winter felt like it went on forever. Winter was cold and overcast and windy and wet. Wet, wet, and wet. If it wasn't water, it was snow, it was slush, and there was always mud until the spring thaw. My friend Terry had a parishioner named Elizabeth, and Elizabeth and her husband had met when they were young, but her husband James went off and fought in Vietnam, and he came back a different person. He suffered from PTSD. It took its effect on their marriage, their friendships, their wider family. They had a rough time the first few years of their marriage. Eventually, they got help. They worked through things. They learned to face demons and live beside several demons and to move on. And so what, what happened for them was this deep, deep relationship of love between each other and with God. It was an amazing marriage, Terry said. And then after 18 years together, James came down with a nasty form of cancer and died within six months. It was all too fast for Elizabeth, way too fast. It was too soon, too much was unfinished. They had plans, he was young, she was young. There were all sorts of things they were going to do and she was in no way prepared to live without him. And so it showed. She grieved deeply and fully. This small town knew her well, and everyone surrounded her as best they can but, or could, but didn't know what to do or what to say. She really couldn't be helped. My friend, her pastor, didn't know what to do but pray and, and show up, but it didn't seem to help. She was deep, deep in her grief. And finally, a year's anniversary approached at James, her husband's death. And Elizabeth worked up her nerve and spoke to my friend, her pastor, and said, you know what, I think I'm ready to visit the cemetery. I haven't been since the funeral, but I think I'm ready. Can you meet me there? And so they made plans, but he was cautious, and he almost discouraged her and said, well, don't you want to wait until the spring? Remember, it's winter. It's going to be muddy. It's going to be wet. It's going to be gray and overcast. She thought about that, but thought, no, this is the time I want to go. Meet me there if you can. And so he agreed. And so the day came. The night before they were to meet, it snowed. And so because of the rain and the snow and all the moisture in the ground, the next morning when Elizabeth arrived at the cemetery a little early without Terry there, she walked in on her own. She trudged through the mud, through the, the slush and the snow. Then she started to weep. Everywhere she looked, she saw signs of death. The trees didn't have leaves on them. Uh, there was equipment sitting out. 
Some snow had fallen, but the mud showed through. It looked like they were working on one building. As she looked at the graves themselves, the winter had taken their toll, and it seemed as though all of the graves had sunken a little bit. And so this is what she saw on this first anniversary of her husband's death. And so she began to cry, and cry and cry uncontrollably. It was like everything in her cried. She was crying so badly, so fully, that she almost didn't hear the backhoe, the tractor-like machine, as it drove up the hill. And as she heard it, she knew that was her neighbor, George, George the caretaker of the cemetery. And she thought, oh no, George is going to see me and he's going to try to be helpful and say something nice. And she just wanted to hide and kind of fall into one of those sunken graves. But she stood there and didn't look up. And she thought if she ignored him, maybe he would ignore her. She heard the backhoe turn off and she felt an arm around her. He said, Elizabeth, why are you crying? She just nodded and pointed to the graves. She couldn't find words, but just cried some more. And then he looked with her and he said, you know, to me, the snow looks a little bit like those white cloths that the first women saw when they went to find Jesus. And the ground that's sunken on the tops of the graves looks that way because no one is there. The graves are empty. They're risen. Go home, Elizabeth, and live. She felt his arm withdraw, and she heard the backhoe crank up again and roll down the hill. But she felt different. She looked out at the cemetery, and it looked different. The sun was beginning to peek through the clouds even, and she just felt better somehow. And so she walked to the gates of the cemetery, and by then her, her friend and pastor Terry had showed up and was waiting for her there, and she looked 10 years younger to him. She said, Terry, come on, let's have breakfast, I'll buy. And so over coffee, she began to explain the story to her friend. Terry listened and tried to compose himself as he heard this story, and he wondered whether he should speak or not, but he let her talk, and finally when she stopped, Terry said, Elizabeth, that's fine. I don't doubt a word, but you should know that George Smith is at his daughter's house in Cleveland. He's been gone all week. Christ is risen. Christ rises still. Wherever there is pain or need or suffering, he rises. In the midst of joy and promise and work well done, Christ rises. In the midst of play or challenge or relationships, good ones, bad ones, ones on the mend, Christ rises for us, with us. And so with Easter hearts burning within us, let us see and know the risen Christ in our lives, and let us all be renewed to be his friends and followers.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Invite those who are able to stand as we affirm the faith of the Church using the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge, to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son he is worshipped and glorified, he has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church. Grant that every member of the Church may truly and humbly serve you. We pray for all bishops, priests, and deacons. We pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake. Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble. Give to the departed eternal rest. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. Let us pray for our own needs and those of others. For all who, who are suffered in body, mind, or spirit, especially Emma, Brenda, Frank, John, Sonny, Nadine, Dudley, David, B, Deborah, Martin, Genevieve, Addie, May, Celia, Dolores, Michael, John, Bertie, Alex, Tanya, 
Adrian, Peggy, Timmy, Pat, Mildred, Elaine, Evelyn, Mercedes, Miss King, Diane, Allison, Tucker, Sean, and Javin, and Timothy, Miriam, Alex, Lillian, Peggy, Bill, Jenny, Ashley, Patrick, Carla, Mark, Sedona. For those we love but see no longer and all the departed, we especially pray for Charlotte, Augustine Alvarez Jr., Buenos Nino de Guzman, Gladys Bridget. We pray for people of faith everywhere and especially remember our link parish of St. Stephen with St. John in the Diocese of London. Lord Jesus Christ, you said to your apostles, peace I give to you, my own peace I leave with you. Regard not our sins, but the faith of your church, and give to us the peace and unity of that heavenly city, where with the Father and the Holy Spirit you live and reign now and forever. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Good morning to you all, especially if you're visiting. Welcome to the Church of the Holy Trinity. We're delighted that you found us and hope you'll find us again, um, especially if you're visiting. Uh, we're delighted to have you. Um, if you're from far away and come to New York Easter every year, I hope you'll make us your Easter church and join us uh, every year to come. If you're from closer around and are looking for a church home, please know we'd love to have you. There are little cards hanging in the seats and you can fill one out and we'll be in touch and can invite you to an occasional newcomer's brunch at the rectory and all sorts of things. Um, also, in your worship leaflet, there is a version of our weekly newsletter. It's called the News from 316. You get it? That's our address, but it also is an important scripture. Um, 
but you can get um, an enhanced version of that in color with photographs and links and even more gossip if you subscribe to it online and we email it every Thursday. So that's a great way to know what's going on at Holy Trinity. Even if you regularly are at another church, please know that you're welcome here. Um, a lot of programs happen here. In fact, the, the heart of mission in this church began before the worship. Um, St. Christopher's House, the big building across the garden, is where a lot of our programs happen with HTNC, Holy Trinity Neighborhood Center. It's us. It just allows us to have a little wider reach. And so among the programs of HTNC are an every Tuesday older adult lunch, um, every Saturday afternoon community dinner, um, five nights a week a shelter for 15 men. You get the idea. We could do even more if we had more volunteers and more people showing interest. And so um, please know if you're looking to plug in away and, and make a difference, that's one great place. Um, the insert tells you more. Uh, please know that all those who would put their faith in Christ are welcome to receive Holy Communion. We celebrate Holy Communion um, in church talk using both kinds. That is to say, the Eucharistic wafers, the body of Christ, and wine, the blood of Christ. Um, you put your hands out if you would like to receive Communion. A wafer is placed in your hands or upon your tongue. And then when the chalice comes by, you may drink from the chalice, or if you leave the wafer, the acolyte will take it, dip it in the chalice, and place it on your tongue. If you'd like to come forward and not receive um, either or both, but would like to receive a blessing, just come forward and cross your arms over your chest, and we'll know what that means. Um, people stand or kneel, as is their piety, um, as are their knees, um, as is the luck of the draw, whether you end up standing in the middle or to the side. Um, the point is that you feel welcome. Know that um, this is a part of participating in that heavenly banquet, which started way before us and will continue way after us. It's simply a part of our being a part of the communion of saints in that eternal banquet of love and joy. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself an offering and sacrifice to God.
us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give us thanks and praise. It is truly right to glorify you, Father, and to give you thanks. For you alone are God, living and true, dwelling in light inaccessible from before time and forever. Fountain of life and source of all goodness, you made all things and filled them with your blessings. You created them to rejoice in the splendor of your radiance. Countless throngs of angels stand before you to serve you night and day. And beholding the glory of your presence, they offer you unceasing praise. Joining with them and giving voice to every creature under heaven, we acclaim you and glorify your name as we sing. <laughs> reveal your wisdom and love. You formed us in your own image, giving the whole world into our care, so that in obedience to you, our Creator, we might rule and serve all your creatures. When our disobedience took us far from you, you did not abandon us to the power of death. In your mercy, you came to our help, so that in seeking you, we might find you. Again and again, you called us into covenant with you, and through the prophets, you taught us to hope for salvation. Father, you loved the world so much that in the fullness of time you sent your only Son to be our Savior. Incarnate by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, he lived as one of us, yet without sin. To the poor he proclaimed the good news of salvation, to prisoners freedom, to the sorrowful joy. To fulfill your purpose, he gave himself up to death, and rising from the grave destroyed death and made the whole creation new and that we might live no longer for ourselves, but for him who died and rose for us, he sent the Holy Spirit, his own first gift for those who believe, to complete his work in the world and to bring to fulfillment the sanctification of all. 
When his hour had come for him to be glorified by you, his heavenly Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. At supper with them he took bread, and when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Father, we now celebrate the memorial of our redemption, recalling Christ's death and his descent among the dead, proclaiming his resurrection and ascension to your right hand, awaiting his coming in glory, and offering to you from the gifts you have given us this bread and this cup. We praise you, we bless you. We praise you, we bless you. We pray that in your goodness and mercy, your Holy Spirit may descend upon us and upon these gifts, sanctifying them and showing them to be holy gifts for your holy people, the bread of life and the cup of salvation, the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Grant that all who share this bread and cup may become one body and one spirit, a living sacrifice in Christ to the praise of your name. Remember, Lord, your one holy Catholic and apostolic church, redeemed by the blood of your Christ, Reveal its unity, guard its faith, and preserve it in peace. And grant that we may find our inheritance with the Blessed Virgin Mary and all the saints who have found favor with you in ages past. We praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through Christ and with Christ and in Christ, all honor and glory are yours, Almighty God and Father in the unity of the Holy Spirit, forever and ever. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom thy will be done, as it is in us this day and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. 
gifts of God for the people of God, take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his mighty love. Send us now to the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord.
brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always.